This morning we're going to continue our series called You're Invited. And the title of uh, my message this morning is The Catalyst for Change. Now let me just explain something real quick here. I am used to speaking at night, okay? So if I say tonight, that translates into this morning. Okay, I will do my best. I've been trying and I think a couple tonights have snuck out there. So it's not that I'm going crazy because I lost an hour of sleep last night. It's just that I'm always used to saying tonight. So tonight means this morning. If I say it, we'll see how I do. But this morning I want to talk about the catalyst for change. And I want, to, I want to share with you one of my stories of when I was invited to church. When I was in high school, I didn't go to church and did not believe in God, did not care for God, wasn't even trying to live my life for God, but actually was doing all of the opposite. In my senior year, um, uh, uh, there was a girl uh, that uh, I developed a little crush for. And she also, I guess, had a crush on me. And uh, that led to my first invitation because uh, we could not date unless I went to church with her. So she invited me to this thing called youth group. And I had never heard of youth group. Had no idea what it was. Never heard of it. I'm like, uh, well, you know, what's, you know, I'm thinking of three kids sitting in the corner with the guitar singing Kumbaya. Just not really... No one was going on. And, and so she, no, no, it's cool. They got music and games and there's a message. And, you know, she's like, you know, you really need to come. And at that time, again, I, I couldn't date her unless I did come. So I'm like, well, you know, small price to pay. So I decided to go. And uh, I was a little nervous, though. Never been. So, uh, you know, I think I did what any one of us would have done. I grabbed my best friend and I made him come with me. <laughs> so I don't care what you're doing tonight, man. You come with me to church. And uh, he was a trooper, he was my friend, and, and so he went with me, and, you know, kind of nervous. I'm afraid I'm going to walk in, set off the center alarm or something, you know, walk in like, rant, rant, center, center, you know, people go running, and, but not, it didn't happen, you know, and, but, you know, definitely felt a little uncomfortable, and when I walked in, right away, stuff was a little weird, because I walk in, and I see drums, guitar, instruments, and I'm like, Okay, what's this? Because my only exposure to church was the Catholic church. So, you know, that, that was basically a lady on the organ singing out of tune. So that's kind of what I was expecting. And at least that's what my experience was when I was younger. And so I get in there and you know what? It really wasn't a whole lot different. It was just a bunch of kids playing instruments singing out of tune. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll get to, you know, get into this. And so I'm in the service, and, and when worship hits, right away I start to get freaked out because kids are like, they're clapping, and they're jumping, and they're happy, and they're lifting their hands in the air and swinging them around. And I'm like, whoa, well, what's going on here? <laughs> These people are crazy. They're waving hands and doing all this stuff. And, and I'm just trying to dodge the hands. I mean, this one girl was just going nuts, and I'm making sure I'm not trying to get smacked in the eye or something, leave like a black eye. What happened? Some girl went crazy and smacked me. So it's kind of freaking me out, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, you know, let's sit in the back. And it was, it was weird, and, and again, I, I had no desire to be a Christian or live my life for God. So every time I went, all I really did was kind of just make fun of everybody. I was like, yeah, look at all these losers. <laughs> and uh, little did I know I was probably the loser. But anyway, that's, that's what was my, my mindset was, and, and I went, and, and so I had to keep going, you know, because I... I like this girl or whatever, and so we were able to date, and so I went for almost a whole year, and really, no, nothing really happened. Actually, I actually stopped going in the middle for maybe like a month, because it seemed like every week the pastor was telling me I was going to hell. I was, but I didn't want to hear that every week, so stopped going for a period of time, and, and, uh, but they got a new youth pastor, and so she, you know, invited me to come back out again, and so I went out, and, and this guy was really cool, really liked him. 
And so after almost a whole year of going and nothing really happening, it was the summer of 99. And basically, I, I hit somewhat of a, a rock bottom in my life. I, had, I was messing with some drugs, and, and, and what I f- had what I felt was a near-death experience. And so uh, the next Wednesday, when I went to the youth group, I just started thinking about my life and everything that it was adding up to and how I was partying and doing all this stuff, trying to find fulfillment and joy and how really all it did was bring a lot of pain and hurt. And so by myself in the, in the back of the youth group, I just, just had a conversation with God. I was like, you know what, God, if you're real... If all this stuff I've been hearing for this last year is real and this is true and you have a plan for my life, I was like, I want to know you. And instantly I felt the presence and the love of God like never before. Tears just started flowing and I just felt this release and I felt this freedom. And I grabbed the youth pastor and I told him he prayed with me and I started on this journey. A couple weeks later, I went to camp, and camp was it. I was like, this is what life is all about. This is what I was put on earth for. I'm supposed to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that one invitation changed my life. It took a year, but it changed my life. Now, I want you to understand something about this invitation, okay? Because I know what you're thinking. Oh, is he promoting evangelistic dating? Not at all, because I think in order for it to be classified as evangelistic dating, the person that's doing the inviting has to be a Christian. Yeah, she, she wasn't really a Christian. Neither one of us were. And so her invitation wasn't about me and, and, and who I was and, and what I was going through and about where I was going to spend eternity. Her invitation had nothing to do with that. It was, it was a hookup invitation. It was very superficial. But God used a very superficial invitation to completely change my life. And so this morning, I want to share with you three ways an invitation can be a catalyst for change. Three ways an invitation can be a catalyst for change. The first way is an invitation can change someone's eternity. James chapter 5 verse 19 through 20. It says, My brethren, if any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the air of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. What I love about this verse is this verse tells me that I can play a part in someone's soul being saved. I can play a part in somebody's sins being forgiven. I can't forgive them. I can't save them. But by inviting people and introducing people to Jesus, I can play a part. And I think that is so awesome that God wants to partner with us to help affect people's eternity. That that He wants to use us to help change someone's eternal destination, that we can play a part of that and we can help with that. I, I think that's amazing. See, here I was. I was living a life of destruction. I had no care for God. I didn't believe in God. But yet one invitation led to a year's attendance where I finally gave my heart to Christ. One invitation took me off a path towards hell and put me on a path towards heaven. See, it's God's heart that none shall perish. That none shall perish. There's no limit to how many people can fit in heaven. God wants everyone to go to heaven. And He wants to use us to help introduce people to Jesus. He wants to use us to invite people to people's church where you know that every week we are going to give a response time. Every week we're going to give people the opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. Every week we are going to take our service and we're going to do it with the, the highest level of excellence. 
So that your, your friends and your family and co-workers, anybody that comes, that they feel welcome. And every week we'll give an opportunity for somebody's eternal destination to be changed, to get them on the right path. And so I encourage you, invite your friends. We've created this environment for it. Matter of fact, we've got Easter coming up. Easter is a great opportunity to invite people to church. Because there's a lot of people, 50 Sundays out of the year, you could not pay them to go to church. There's no way. But there are two Sundays every year they go to church. They won't miss it. The other 50, no desire, you couldn't pay them, but there are two Sundays out of the year they'll come. Christmas and Easter. Matter of fact, Easter, they don't just come, they buy a new outfit to come. They do. Give them an excuse to get a new dress, get a new outfit, get their hair done. Not much hair getting done on me anymore, but that's all right. Get a new pair of shoes or something. They will go by and out. This is a great opportunity, and so I encourage you. Matter of fact, Easter Sunday, we're adding an extra service because we're expecting each one just to be packed out with people. And we are going to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. We're going to share and we're going to give people the opportunity to have their lives changed in this service at People's Church. Someone's eternity being changed is huge. Because eternity is forever. One invitation changed my forever. I know I'm going to heaven and I'm so excited. And I want to be able to share that with as many people as I possibly can. And so I encourage you. Invite your friends, your family, your co-workers. Use invitations to invite them to people's church because an invitation can change someone's eternity. The second way an invitation can be catalyst for change is an invitation can change someone's earthly future. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. See, God has a plan and purpose for everyone's life. Everyone. Every person that is living and breathing on earth right now, God has a purpose and a plan for their life. And this is a place where that can be revealed to people. This is a place where we're going to have worship, where we're going to have preaching, where we're going to have prayer. This is a place where people can connect with God and see how God desires them to live, to find their purpose, their value in life. When I got saved and I gave my heart to the Lord, I was getting ready to go to college and I was going to be a, a high school teacher. I had it all planned out. I was going to be a high school teacher in Indianapolis. That's where we're originally from. I was going to maybe help coach, maybe with some athletic team, and then I was going to have season tickets to the Colts. I had it all figured out. And literally, I mean, that, that's was it, and, and, and that's noble, and, and that's what I thought I was going to do. And I'm like, man, great, now I can you know, weave in Jesus into what I do. And literally, when I got baptized, I got baptized six months after I gave my heart to Christ, got baptized in water. I'm telling you, before the baptism, I was going to be a high school teacher in Indianapolis with, with uh, season tickets to the Colts. I went underneath the water. They pulled me up. God's like, I want you to be a pastor. Huh? Who said that? Oh, <laughs> Lord, you're just playing. You missed it. It's the guy that's getting baptized after me. So I walked away, and yeah, I had a weird thought getting in my head, and you know, dried off, got a new change of clothes, and I'm in the hallway, this lady comes up to me, I've, I've never met her, never even seen her before in my life, and she comes up and she just starts speaking into my life about how God's called me to be a pastor, and how he's going to use me in ministry, and how he's going to use me to touch lives, and I'm like, whoa, 
And so that night I, I went home and I just started praying. I'm like, God, what is going on here? I'm praying, and the more I pray, the more I just know it in my gut and my stomach that God's called me to be a pastor. And I'm like, I don't want to be a pastor. <laughs> I'm serious. I was crying. I was like, God, no. You know? No, you need to be a pastor. You need to go to Springfield, Missouri, Central Bible College. I don't want to go to Springfield. I want to cheer for the Rams or the Chiefs. Especially the Chiefs fans. If you know a Chiefs fan, you know what I'm talking about. I didn't want it. I fought it. Matter of fact, the day I left, and I am just a snot and crying mess. But can I tell you right now, I love my life. I know this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. I know that I am in the center of God's will, and nothing can compare to that. There's nothing greater than that. And that one invitation introduced me to that. You know, being a teacher would have been great, and it is great for anybody that is a teacher. But that's not the plan God had for me. That's not why He created me. And that one invitation introduced me to that to where I know I'm in the center of God's will. One of my favorite scriptures is 2 Corinthians 5.17. It was just so true to my life when, when I gave my heart to Jesus. It says, Therefore, if anyone is, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And when I gave my life to Christ, just new thing after new, just stuff was just changing like crazy. Everything became new. New attitude, new personality. My grades became new. I had bad grades in high school. Went to college. Made some of the best grades I ever made. New passions. New purpose. Led me to places like Missouri, Ohio, and now Oklahoma. I tell you, I, I never thought I'd be living in Oklahoma. I mean, God had to talk about that a couple times. Like, Lord, wherever you want me to be. Because you know what? It, it's being in the center of His will. Knowing that He does have that purpose and plan. And Jamie and I know that we're supposed to be here. And we're here because we want to impact students' lives for Christ in Oklahoma City. We want to impact the lives of the students here at People's Church. We want to partner with you parents to help mold and shape your students into the men and women of God that, that, that God desires them to be. We want to help students be successful in life. Now let me explain that to you. Some of you are thinking, yeah, youth pastor are successful. That's... That's beating the latest video game. I don't play video games. I'm not that good at them. I've been beat by too many sixth graders, and that's just very disappointing. So I quit. Too prideful for that. I'll play them in basketball and dominate because I'm three times their size. Let me tell you what I'm talking about when I'm talking about helping students be successful in life. Let me just share with you my heart. One, I want to help them see now. Middle school and high school is difficult. It's very difficult times. These teenagers are facing stuff that I never had to face in high school. And I was pretty messed up. But it goes further than that. We want to help these students go to college. We want to help these students graduate college. We want to prepare and equip these students so one day when they get married that they're going to be godly, godly husbands, godly wives. We want to invest in them so that when they have kids, they're going to be godly fathers and they're going to be godly mothers. See, right now the success we have at Epic, it's, it's very small. True success will be measured 10, 15 years down the road. We see how, how we've, what we've instilled in these students, this foundation, this core, this love for God that they'll never give up on, that they'll always be pursuing. And that is our hearts, to challenge students, to go deeper. Do we have fun? We do. We have fun. We have, we have games. We, we do some giveaways. I mean, we, we have all those things. But at the same time, we are preparing them for life. We're doing all we can to draw them closer to Jesus Christ. 
And can I just encourage you, if, if you're a student, or if you're a parative student that's never been to Epic, or maybe you haven't been in a while, man, I encourage you to come. Come check us out Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Come see what's going on. Come see what God is doing. Parents, you can hang in the service. I don't mind. But come. Check us out. Give us a shot. Give us a shot. See what's going on. See what God is doing. Because we want to connect. We want to connect with every student that comes to People's Church. We want to connect with every student that are friends of our students. And we want to reach this generation in a powerful, powerful way. That's our heart. I'm so privileged and honored to be the student director at People's Church. And it's all because of one invitation. Lastly, the third way an invitation can be a catalyst for change is an invitation can change multiple lives. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas were thrown into prison. And the Bible says that late in the hour that they started singing praise and hymns to God. And when they did that, an earthquake came and it it shook all the the, the prisoners free. All their chains were were loosed and, and broken free. And when this happened and the jailer saw this, he freaked out and he was getting ready to kill himself. And Paul yelled, stop. And then we pick up in verse 9. It's verse 29. It says, the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all of his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. See, Paul introduced this man to Christ. And not only did it change his life, but it changed his whole family's lives. See, an invitation can change multiple lives. It can touch that one life. And then once that life is touched, it's triggered to then touch and invite others' lives. And what we're doing is we just start reaching and connecting to more people. And lives are just being changed everywhere. And this can happen directly and also indirectly. When I gave my life to the Lord, I was inviting my friends, my family. I was inviting everybody that I could to church. One of them was my little brother. Invited him to church. He came, gave his heart to the Lord. He's now living for God. As a matter of fact, he's training right now to be a pastor. I was able to invite him. God touched his life, and now he's touching lives. As a matter of fact, he just came back from a missions trip to Haiti where they got to touch many lives. And so more lives have been changed because of that one invitation. We've seen on videos here at People's Church how people's lives have been changed, and they always say how somebody invited them here and how that multiplies. I was talking with Shelby Johnson, our care director, who was sharing how his sister invited him to church and how that one invitation changed his life, then his family's life, then it started impacting his friends' lives. But can I tell you, it also happens indirectly. We, we don't always have those feel-good stories where you invite somebody once and they come and they get saved. We have some people that just flat out want nothing to do with church or invitations. I had a buddy that when I, got, when I, when I gave my heart to the Lord and I was inviting him, he was, he was a hardcore atheist, didn't want nothing to do with God, and I would invite him, and he just to my face, he was like, look, man, I will never step foot in your church. I mean, that just caused you to quit right there. I'm sorry. I mean, that was rough. That, I mean, that, that just kind of cut deep. Didn't give me an excuse like most people do. Oh, I mean, I'm busy, on vacation. Oh, I forgot. He just flat out said, man, I will never step foot in your church. And so I backed off the invitations, but I started praying for him. I started praying for him, and I went away to college. 
and uh, for a couple months, and I was praying for him. And I came back, I think it was a Thanksgiving break, and had an opportunity to speak in my church on a Wednesday night. And every time I speak, I always invite my friends because some of them, they'll never come to church, but they'll come to support me. And so I invited some friends, and uh, they came, and uh, right before service started, my friend who told me, you would never step foot in my church, walked through the door. I'm like, wow. So I was almost ready just to preach to him and nobody else with my message. But I didn't. I stuck with my message. But I gave, her, I gave an opportunity at the end for people to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, to start a relationship with him. And this was one of the first hands up. Found out that one of the friends that I had invited had, had mentioned it to him. And he decided to come. He was feeling empty. He was down. And I just remember talking with him. Tears in his eyes. The joy is like, man, we need to meet and talk. And he just said, thank you. I invited him maybe four or five months before that. He told me no. See, sometimes inviting can be frustrating. We can get turned down, shot down. Can I encourage you? Keep inviting. You may invite them now. And they may turn you down. But six months from now, they may be going through something where they remember that invitation. They may be going through something and say, I need something, I need a change. You know what, man, I remember when Susie invited me to People's Church. I'm going to go check it out this Sunday. And then their life be completely changed. Don't give up. Keep inviting. It can change multiple, multiple lives. And you never know when God is going to remind somebody of that invitation. Your invitation can be the catalyst for change in someone's life. It can change someone's eternity. It can change someone's earthly future. And then it can be used to change multiple lives. Keep inviting people because you, because God can use your invitation as a catalyst for change in someone's life. Remember, Jesus saves, not us. Jesus forgives, not us. But he's allowed us to play a part. He's given us the opportunity to bring people into contact with him. To bring people right here to People's Church where you know they're going to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And you know that they will be given the opportunity to start a relationship. They will be given the opportunity for their lives to be completely changed. One invitation can start a fire that can just start changing this whole city, this whole world. For Pastor Herbert sharing his dream about how we want to reach Oklahoma City, but we want this church to reach nations. Your invitation can help that happen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I pray right now that.